Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Hey, this is Earl Heaven. I'm, I'm in the room with Katie, Stroh, and Kathy. What a night it was. Up and down, in and out. Damn right it was. Damn right I did go there. In the room. I was there. Nothing to rearrange Sometimes you just Get a feeling like you need Some kind of change Alright, ladies and gentlemen Welcome back It's In the Room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network VOCNation.com Brady Hicks here And, and tonight we are going to have some fun I, I, I can feel it, Kathy We're going to have some fun uh, Kathy fits everybody uh, Kathy, what is it with the guests who can't say my name right? Kathy <laughs> Girl, yes. What is it? This is Earl Hebner here in the room with Katie, Kathy, and Stroh. Katie, really? <laughs> he had a few drinks. <laughs> I could tell. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Kathy? Good. Got to see a bunch of old friends on Sunday down in Maryland. Oh, did you go to the MCW? Yep. How saw was that? Earl. Nice. Saw Earl. Saw Gilbert. Okay. Uh, LSG. Rick Steiner. What about uh, um? Oh, what was his name? The guy, the guy with no chin. Uh, Ellis Ellsworth. Yeah, Ellsworth. Is he he there? Was there. Nice. <laughs> I um, like that guy. <laughs> Chris Wilde. Okay. Um, Nicoa. No. No cacao. Okay. Sounds like it was but a good it, time, though. It was. And Leo Rush was there. You know, it was good to catch up with people. That's cool. That's pretty cool. And, uh, said hi. 
Yeah, hello to him. I, I hope I see him soon. I feel like we're not going to cross paths very often, so. I don't know. Uh, but also joining us, we have Matt Grimm. What's going on, Matt? Oh, not not a whole lot. Just uh, you know, making my way through uh, through all the news throughout the week, and uh, oh my goodness, the attempts to bury other more important stories with loud but certainly less important stories, and mm-hmm. uh, and Cash Wheeler not having a particularly good week. So why? What happened yeah. with him? Oh, they're 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 pressing with those gun charges from last summer. Oh. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah, I just heard yeah. that a little bit ago. Wow. Wow. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Well, oh. I guess he didn't do that. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> Talk about threatening to shoot someone else yeah. on the road. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Uh, we have Howard with us. Howard Morgan. What's going on, sir? Not much. It's been a crazy last week or so at work. Um, so I apologize. I didn't complete my homework assignment that we were given last week. We talked about. I got most of it done. I got most of it done. <laughs> but all in all, I think I'm having a better week than Vince McMahon. So all is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor guy can't catch a break. It's a real. Yeah, I, real pay, yeah, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> well, you referenced the homework assignment. Uh, for those who aren't in the chat, which is pretty much everybody listening. Uh, so Matt's idea for this week was to come up with our own WrestleMania cards. And then we kind of compare notes and uh, we can look at it again when we actually get closer to the event and have an idea what the actual matches are going to be, which is pretty cool. I actually did mine, Matt, like the second that you assigned it. So <laughs> it's, uh, here. <laughs> it's a little long, but yeah, I, I had an idea what I wanted to do. Uh, it probably will resemble WWE's too much, but I think I have the solution for the Cody and the Rock and the Roman Reigns and the fans being unhappy and just the whole thing. And it could play really well into the rumor that they're kind of positioning Cody to be like the next Daniel Bryan. Well, so we'll have to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get to that. Uh, we also, and thank you, Kathy, for this. Uh, Kathy lined us up a guest, uh, Chubby Dudley from the ECW, little company ECW. Um, so Bay Ragney, uh, he's a fantastic broadcaster and, and obviously an ECW alum. So he's going to be joining us in, well, a little while. So he'll be hanging with us. And that'll be fun. I, I really like me some Bay, Kathy. He's, uh, he's good people, as they say. And he has a big surprise for his uh, podcast tonight. Yeah. Matt, have you heard about this uh, Chubby Dudley podcast he's been doing? Uh, tell, tell me more, Brady. Okay. So he's interviewing a former ECW star every week on the show. Great idea. He's going through the raw, and he's got his Rolodex because he wrestled there through the, through the, the heart of it, you know? Um, and ironically enough, Kathy, this is actually the 10 year anniversary. Of the first time that we had Devon Dudley on the show. Really? Yeah. So Chubby Dudley's, uh, <laughs> I guess, younger brother, right? Older. Older. Okay. <clears throat> well, Chubby appeared first, so I assume that he was. <laughs> well, you get what I'm 
Well, I got, um, I'll let him break the news, but <clears throat> I had gotten a guy, longtime ECW person. Okay. And I, I, I'm thinking that's who he's going to say tonight. Is it the zombie? No. Okay. And my favorites. You know, I called this person and I texted them. It's been years since we talked. And he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And he listened to Bay's thing. And he was at an airport and he just started cracking up laughing. He goes, oh my God, there's like 50 people on. There's only like two of us that know him, you know? <laughs> right. <clears throat> okay. So you, just to be clear, you got him for Bay's show, not for ours. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> all right. I don't have the history with this guy, I'm sure. One at a time. One at a time. Yeah. No, that's fine. We're going to we're gonna work our way through the roster, too. It just may take us a couple more years. Uh, so if people want to call in tonight, uh, once again, from, your, from the Incognito browser, I would recommend on your phone or your tablet or your computer, uh, visit callvoc.com, and that will put you in touch with us. It's so easy, a rat boy can do it. So, wow, that really, that yeah. really drew some. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we kind of jump in with these fantasy cards, I, I, I think it would warrant mentioning the uh, the two shows that we had from WWE this week, SmackDown and Raw, since we were last on the air, um, are really doing a pretty good job of shaping what we can expect from WrestleMania. I'm glad to hear, Matt, that you wrote your card that same day like I did, so it wasn't influenced by what we saw on TV. Correct. Which is very, very clutch. Very clutch. And um, it seems like they're going with Roman and... The Rock, unless this is all going to be a giant swerve. If I had to put money on it, my guess is they last minute insert Cody Rhodes and make it a triple threat. But yeah. it still doesn't make sense why Cody would give up his spot. It doesn't make any sense. Why have him win the Royal Rumble if they knew this was going to happen anyway? If they knew that they were going to have the Rock fight Roman, why even have Cody win the Rumble? The theory that I heard is that they really want to get Cody over. And they thought by inserting The Rock, he would become like the de facto bad guy and Cody's got to overcome him now too to get the title shot. Well, then, Just, your way, then the way around that was to have Cody come out the next day and say, you know what, I've moved past Roman Reigns. He's a piece of crap. I'll, I'll go after the other title. Yeah. But they, they want him to fight it. Roman, I think. The whole thing is crazy. I, the whole thing is just. And not for nothing, but Drew McIntyre really should be the one to fight Seth. I know that they've wrestled a couple times now, but that's the match. Yeah, I would rather guy. see Seth defend against a heel than another baby face, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't book it that way, Matt, but I, I don't mm. want to foreshadow too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Before we jump into it, let's real quick. I'm going to bring on Rat Boy, uh, but Rat Boy, you're you're going to go back on hold pretty quickly. Uh, how you doing? How you doing, pal? I'm doing okay. I am back here in Jersey, and it's cold up here. Yeah, it smells too. Oh, it's been smelling on, since like last Thursday. 
Oh, come on, Brady. Well, it does smell. I mean, just New Jersey. I mean, not 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 everywhere. No, not, not here in my place. It's a real clean place, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You I, am, I am home. I'm ready for the Royal, for the, I got, I've done the Royal Rumble. I've done everything. Mm-hmm. Down in Florida. Now I'm here for uh, anything that comes to my face, like Johnny Cashmere's uh, show next week on February 18th. I will be there. And after that, I'm going to WrestleMania, baby. That's great. That that's awesome. Huh? <laughs> and, All right. We'll and, check in uh, with, we're gonna check in with you in a little bit, Rat Boy. <laughs> uh, Matt, did you want to? Uh, did you want to start with your card, and we can talk about it? Sure. Or do you sure. want me to go first? Mine is I longer, don't... though. I suspect. Mine is definitely shorter because, as you and I have discussed over the years, I you know that I feel that WrestleMania is now an overbooked mess with mm-hmm. way too many matches and the two-night thing, um, and that I think it should be a more streamlined card. Um, I am not someone who believes that everyone on the roster deserves to be on the WrestleMania show. So I, I agree no with problem. that. Yep, I have no problem leaving people off of it. Um so I had, I had nine matches. Wow. Um, okay. One of them I am willing to scratch because after seeing something on SmackDown, I now no longer care about that match. <laughs> I, so I, why don't I? I might be there? the same way. Make it a dark match. If if you're going to do anything with this, I would make it a dark match. But um, make them fight the... on SmackDown the week before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, call it a, call it their WrestleMania moment on do it, do it a Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Yes. And unfortunately, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits versus the Final Testament or whatever they're calling Carrying Cross's group. Um that was a match that I put in there. Um I thought, you know, it would be a good way to get like a six man match on the card. After seeing the weird non-match thing that was supposed to happen and then just didn't happen on SmackDown. It just, it honestly, it, it killed my buzz for it completely. I just okay. stopped, I just stopped caring about it immediately. And yeah. So if you want to scratch one of my matches, that's the one I would scratch. Nah, I wouldn't scratch it, but it's up to you. I mean, obviously you want, I, mine has 16 just for reference. It's eight each night. Well, I, I have, I have seven and no world title matches, no heavyweight title match. Okay. In my augmented, not doing all of my homework card. <laughs> gotcha. You're filling it in during stud on the way to the school. Yeah, on the way yeah. to school and trying to do it that yeah. morning, and on in the way, you know, at, right at the bus stop, and then you know, on the bus, yeah. and then at homeroom right before the bell rings. Well, well, we'll do we'll do yours as well. And Kathy, I don't know if you did one, but we definitely want to get your feedback as well. If uh, I'll give feedback, I didn't have time. Okay. Well, Matt, I booked like this man would be proud of the card. <laughs> why don't Why don't we finish with yours, Brady? Since it seems to be the longest of yeah, yeah all yeah. of them. Yeah, might not have to be a special episode of In the Room separately now. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, Matt. I get get. Let's get started here. And okay. we'll, well, like I said, we'll provide feedback after each 
Okay, so I, I just want to clarify a couple things. Some of these matches, Brady, and you know I've spoken to you about some of these things that I was fantasy booking last Wednesday before yeah. WWE gave an indication. Some of these have come true in the time since then. Um, and you know, the, matches, the matches that I'm about to read out are not in any particular order except for the main event. So that's okay. not, none of this is to imply that I think one match should be before or after another otherwise. Um, I have Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch for the Women's World Championship. I think that's a solid pick. Becky's the probably the top woman on the roster, um, other than Nia Jax. And I'm not sure that people are really clamoring to see a Rhea versus Nia. No. Maybe Australia is right now, but that's about it. Yeah, well, that's what they're getting, regardless of how they feel. So. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, Did you guys have any thoughts on that? Rhea and Becky? No? Because right. it was a fairly safe pick. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, not, not to give it away, but that's what I have, so. I actually, yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to give away mine at all, so go ahead. All right, so then I've got another predictable, you know, another one that has since come to pass, EO Sky versus Bailey for mm-hmm. the WWE Women's Championship. Very um, good. Yeah, I, that's was... going to be good. I, I, I feel like, although it was stupid that Bailey learned Japanese just based on listening to them make fun of her. Yeah, still what I thought she would say yeah. is, oh, I you forget that I did a tour of Japan as an <laughs> independent wrestler. No, no, she learned it from them making fun of her the last two weeks. Right. She's been studying Rosetta Stone. It's easy. Yeah. You can learn yeah. Japanese in two weeks. Fun of her. Right. She's like, excuse me, is this the word that you used? And then like went back when you know about her day. Yeah. She's like Rosetta machine Stone. translating their insults while she rides in the back yeah. seat. Yeah, she's got Google Translate going. Um yeah. then I've got Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn. Yes. I know we've seen yeah. that a few times, but I feel like something definitive needs to happen. Either Sammy needs to actually beat this dude. Or Drew needs to just finish Sammy off and bury Sammy and his push from last year in, in the pit of despair where it will never rise from again. So, it needs a stipulation. It, 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 it needs. It, yeah. Yeah. It I mean, I like there was a rumor for a little while there when Drew wasn't coming back, supposedly, that this was going to be a, like like a retirement match like they did with Randy Savage and the Warrior. Mm-hmm. I would have really liked that. I'm not saying I want either of them to go away, but what? But it would have made an intense match even better. Yeah, and there, there's uh, nothing wrong with like a loser leaves town match for somebody that you know the company knows is leaving. So yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. But with that said, I don't think either of them are leaving. So maybe you put a title shot on the line for it. I'm not a terrible See, idea. Sammy, I mean, I know that it's crazy to think that we're actually building toward programs in the future and things like that, but it makes sense to me. Sammy's been talking about getting back in the world title picture for about three weeks now. Yeah. He's going to actually have to win some matches to do that. So, well, he will. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And he ain't winning this one. <laughs> yeah, he, he might not win yeah. this one, but yeah. I um, like it. All right, so then I have Logan Paul. I can't believe I'm willingly putting this man on a WrestleMania card. (laughs) It's all about the money. I I mean, wrestling ability aside, I find him 
kind of a disgusting being. So really, I'm just putting him in this so that he can drop that United States title to L.A. Knight. And L.A. Knight, okay. We can, we can see if L.A. Knight has the potential to be anything more than, you know, the flavor of the month by putting, you know, a secondary title on him. And let's let, let's see how he carries it over a couple months. It could help him. I mean, he I don't know if you saw, but he dropped out of the top five for merchandise this week. Yeah. So he's you cooling. Heat him back up. Yeah. If you want to heat him back yeah. up and see if he's he can go. Because, I mean, not that he's old, but he's not a spring chicken either. It's not like he's 27. No. So... That's a good one, Matt. I like that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And and not for nothing, uh, but if you're talking about Logan Paul, he got us to talk about Kevin Owens last week, which is like something I never imagined I would do. <laughs> yeah, you know, even if it was over brass knuckles. So the guy gets you talking. He does, for better or worse. I can't stand him either, though. No, I can't stand him. He's he's despicable. Uh, I wish you'd um, go back to that Japanese forest and film some more uh, footage, you know? Uh, yeah. I know, that was cold. I'm not, I'm not walking into that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I got uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor defending their titles against Pete Dunne and Tyler Bates. Wow, and you did that before, like, we kind of had an idea about the tournament. I did that after Dunn and Bate got together on SmackDown, but before the tournament started happening, yes. so Yeah, I like that. Any chance you think Sheamus will come back for that match? Uh, I don't know. I kind of hope not, because I kind of want to see Pete Dunn get to be Pete Dunn and not Butch, even Butch. though he's kind of been Pete Dunn for... A few months now yeah um you know i i kind of want to see him move away from the broad i mean he was fine as the third man in that stable but you know i think god even going back like five six years he was he he's he was better positioned in nxt yes. than he ever had been on the main roster up until now so you know he's still a young guy i i, I want to see what they can do i'm on board with it man I'm on board with it. Yeah, I, I actually liked uh, Tyler Bates and, and Pete Dunn as a team. I, it, it feels like almost like a throwback to one of those more physical, like a, like a Furnace and LaCroix, like, not LaCroix, whatever it was, Furnace and La, LaFont. Furnace and LaFont. LaFont, yeah. yeah. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, the, yeah, it does kind of feel that way a bit. Yeah. So I like that. I'm good. So this this was the one I was most proud of until they actually uh, followed through <laughs> no. and actually made it happen this week. Um, yeah, I thought Gunther versus Brock Lesnar was an absolute waste of a match at Wrestle uh, at WrestleMania. Um, Amen. I don't I don't know what Brock Lesnar could do for Gunther at this point. Gunther's held this title for so long. I don't think anybody really would have seen Lesnar as a legitimate threat to take it off of him because the Intercontinental Title is a step down for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar does not seem like he will be stepping anywhere near WWE ever again right now. So my thought process in this was Jay Uso versus Jimmy Uso is also a bad WrestleMania match because Jimmy Uso has no heat. He's just a goon for Roman Reigns right now. 
Yes. But Jey Uso had nothing to do. You keep calling him main event Jey Uso, but I haven't seen... uh, Those are just words right now. So, Gunther versus Jey Uso for the Intercontinental title. Let's see if Jey Uso can carry a singles title and see how that goes and see if he can use that as a springboard to something bigger. I am really excited because we talked about it last week and I just really like the idea of Jey Uso being in that title picture. Imagining him running as over as he is, him with the Intercontinental belt, it's a logical step. Yeah. This could get him to the next level, which is really what the IC belt is supposed to be about. I like it. It has a similar feeling to me, and I know like the, the physical aspects of the two competitors do not mirror what I'm about to say at all, but the, the feeling behind it to me is similar to Steve Austin taking the Intercontinental belt off of Owen Hart. Yeah, I could see that. Like, like that was what he needed to do to take the next step. Yep, yep. He, need, he needed that, that ability to carry that secondary title and see if, indeed, he was going to be able to carry that main title, you know, six, eight, nine months later. And, and who knows? Like, I mean, just by virtue of the fact that Gunther has held that belt so long, the accomplishment is even bigger. Like, I wonder if, if Jey Uso were able to capitalize on this and really take it far, could he be the Shawn Michaels of that team? I kind of feel like he could. He could. I feel he like could. he could. He's already like levels above Jimmy Uso. I don't know if that's by nature of push or just personality, but I can't believe that I'm saying that. We're, we're, we're just a barbershop window away from finding out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shattered glass, you know. But hey, it, yeah. also, it also gives them some long-term ability where like – I don't know what's in the in the pipe works for Cody truly, but a year from now, if Roman Reigns is still the WWE champion, and I don't think it's out it's outside the realm of possibility that that's going to be the case, probably. <laughs> you can run back Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns at next year's WrestleMania if Jey Uso has held that Intercontinental belt for most of the year. I mean, yeah, you're keeping them apart for a year, and you're basically having Jey Uso headlining i mean obviously he's not the world champion but you have him like a headliner on raw yeah i could see that all the family background and bloodline background going into that i mean Mm -hmm. i dare say maybe they should finish that story instead of the other one that i feel has been more a corporate manufacturing thing but that's just my opinion yeah i like it uh, next up, I have only because I felt shoehorned into having to do this: Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes for the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Um, I think I, like I don't. I, I I'm not a doctor. I have no insight into what is going to happen with Seth Rollins after WrestleMania, but it seems to me it's not outside the realm of possibility that he's going to need some time off. So, if you got to get that belt off of him. Putting it on Cody Rhodes is not the worst thing they could do. I'm sure yeah. there might actually be some better options, but again, I feel a bit shoehorned here because Cody won the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to be challenging for a championship. I wasn't going to slot him in the other one, 
that I <laughs> in my actual main event. So this is what I'm left with. This is what I'm left to work with. It's a bad hand, and I, I played the hand that I was dealt. I think I have a good answer for it when I'm, mine I'm comes look, around. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah. I think um, I have an answer. It might not work out. Well, Brady, how many times have we seen WWE try to shoot, like, to, like, force a square peg into a round hole? Oh, yeah. Like, Cody Rhodes so- this week. Cody Rhodes this week reminded me and all the other fans to be patient and enjoy the ride. I've seen the ride go off the rails so many times that I want to see them do it right. I don't want to wait for them to do it right or change or, or lock their way into something that works. I want to see them do it right. It's just, it's the frustrating thing is like when people got tired of Marvel movies starting to stink and shows starting to stink, they just stopped watching them and they started making less money. But for some yeah. reason, <laughs> WWE fans always come back no matter how bad the product gets, there's always like a core fan base that just that just can't vote with their dollars and walk away from it. Mm, yeah, and they, they keep and somehow they keep leaning on that. But that brings me to my actual. It brings me to my actual main event, which, um, again, not really a secret here that I don't really see Cody Rhodes as a main event world champion level guy. So. Uh, Roman Reigns versus The Rock for the WWE Championship. Um, I would have The Rock lose, obviously, and let Roman's reign of terror continue, at least until he surpasses Hulk Hogan's uh, title record (laughs) in about another, uh, what is it, two-thirds of a year or so? Yeah. Yeah. So by next year, he'll have beaten it if if he remains champion. And part of me wonders if WWE actually does want him to surpass that at this point. I think so. I think well, you're so. Not, it, it seem, they seem you're not to be like hell-bent. I know. Okay. They seem to be hell-bent. And maybe that's part of the reason why they're pushing back Cody, because they don't want to take the belt off him before that. I, that thought crossed my mind. You know, I yeah, I wasn't on board with Cody. Uh, we've, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. But I don't think you can argue that he's over. And I think there are worse things you can do than having the guy that's the most over win your belt. Oh, With that said, I didn't, I'm loving Rain, Roman Reigns' reign of terror. Howard, we were talking about that, what, a year and a half ago, how you hated it? It's a, it's a year and a half later, and we're still going. I love it. I think it's great. The only thing that could be funnier to me is watching the fans result if re, revolt if The Rock won the belt and proceeded to defend it once a year at WrestleMania. <laughs> that that would be the only thing that would be funnier. How we, like, Mildly funnier. I still hate. I still, because I still, I still hate Roman Reigns. I, I, <laughs> I don't like part-time guys. I really don't. <sighs> And to get another part-time guy in there, just uh, for what? Maybe that, maybe that's our assignment for next week. Who should be a part-time guy? <laughs> Brady, I, 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 I didn't do this week's homework. You're, you're lucky to get me to do homework two weeks in a yeah. row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. McAfee. I like it. I McAfee like it, Matt. needs to be part-time. McAfee needs to be gone. Mac- yeah. He, he needs to be like 
he needs to learn sign language so he can just do that, you know, for the for the deaf fans. Just have him in the corner doing sign language the whole time. He is just so bad. Yeah. Well, Matt, I noticed you didn't put Pat McAfee on your card. Was that by accident? No, that was very much on purpose. Um, I have no <laughs> desire to see a grown man dancing on the table, the, dancing on the announce table to some wrestler's entrance song. Like You know, I was thinking if I had paid a bazillion dollars, unless you're Kathy Fitz, that's what you got to pay to be in the front row, um, <laughs> only to be looking at his asshole. Sorry, pardon my French. Only to be looking at Pat McAfee dancing in front of me that I can't see what's going on. I would be pissed. I'm surprised he's not. He hasn't gotten pegged with like a tomato or, or something like that at this. Oh, point. it's coming. Oh, it's I, coming. Hope so. I, I can't. I hope be, they we catch can't it on television. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like the outside world loves him, and in the show, I feel like the solidarity, like everybody hates him, and that that really warms the cockles of my heart. I can't. I, I don't even know how he has a platform because it's not like his. It's not like the ratings for his show are, are really any good. I think if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers, he would have nothing, and they don't even get along anymore. Well, I guess, I guess Aaron. You know, Pat wasn't paying Aaron enough money for his appearances for Aaron to stay as outrageous as he needed to be to get attention yeah. for Pat's show. Yeah. So I don't know. They yeah. deserve each other. Matt, I really like your card. You managed to summarize a lot of what I did in a much shorter night, which is really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. I consider it an abridged version of mine, and there's only one major change I'd make, but I will get to mine later because I do resolve that whole fiasco with Cody and The Rock and Roman Reigns and everything. Uh, Howard. Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just because I'm very curious to hear that. But the only other thing that I want to throw in there, but it just is yeah. my last footnote. I don't like the massive stadium shows because I don't think you get a really good view of the wrestling unless you're really close to the ring. Like my, my ideal venue for this would be Madison Square Garden. Put it in something small. We had a lot of fun at that we WrestleMania. Had a, re, WrestleMania 20 was and the card was live there, and the card was and, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. All right, Howard. Uh, you think we got? Can we get yours in in a couple minutes? You think, or do we need? Oh more? yeah, because, yeah, because, no, because I I have a total of seven matches, and I think Matt cheated off my paper. I'm just saying that <laughs> right he from the beginning. Well, oh, tomato, tomato, whatever. <laughs> it's okay, Howard. But, just don't look too closely at your light fixtures for the cameras. I, did you have your folder up? Yeah, no, I, you know, I and and I and I I had really good intentions, so I I really just got really like three of my exes. Three good yeah. matches, well, three matches right off the top of the bat, and then I'm like, oh crap, I gotta I gotta finish this, and I really toiled it. all week. Yeah, I toiled all week, so I have seven matches. I don't have the the three night show that Brady has. I can do all mine. <laughs> no, Mine's no match. Yeah, no, no, no men's heavyweight title because I really could care less, and I probably should care because they should be the most prestigious titles in the company, and I, I feel like they're not. I don't care who yeah. heavyweight champion is. It's okay. But I did, 
I, I did mine. We're not going to hire you for Booker now, but it's okay. Right, right. And and I did mine a little differently pre this tag team tournament that I didn't know about. Like I said, I, the first match that I came up with almost that night was the Judgment Day and Awesome Truth for the tag team titles. And I think Miz and Truth win it with, you know, at least in my eyes, with, you know, ill-gotten or interference from J.D. McDonough that kind of just doesn't go the way Judgment Day wants. And they uh, lose the okay. tag team titles to Awesome Truth. But why um, would our truth be fighting Judgment Day? Because he's not in Judgment Day anymore. Well, he is now. No, he's not. He won't <laughs> well, be at WrestleMania. Do whatever he wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and whatever great, he wants. That was a great resolution, by the way. <laughs> I love that they're keeping that going. Yeah. <laughs> and I think whatever he wants is going to be the team with the Miz and get a, a one more run as a tag team champion. Yeah. I just realized I left the Miz off my card, I think. I can't believe that. He'll have, to, I have, host. Yeah, He'll have uh, to be a host. And I have no I have no Pat McAfee. I don't even have him commentating on <laughs> WrestleMania, so <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um and then I have uh, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, and I think McIntyre just buries Sami Zayn and leaves them wow, in, a, really? in, a, in, in a heap in the middle of the ring. And I think that will be Sami's redemption towards, you know, you know, going back to re- where he was. Well, no, rebuilding himself wow. this year and getting back to the top of the mountain. Um, they weren't feel sorry. Yeah, we're going to feel sorry for Sami Zayn. He's going to contemplate okay. retiring. And I feel bad I think, for him now. <laughs> I think they're gonna we're gonna build towards him making a huge comeback. Okay, all right. And in a surprise, and so you're, wait, so you're telling me to just to just trust you and hang in there? Yeah, trust. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> hang, yeah. Okay. Right. I've heard that before. <laughs> trust the process. We listen. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've been watching the Sixers yeah. for years now, trusting this process. Now I saw the process the other day. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> trust, trust me. Yeah, and and I think. In, in an unannounced match, Logan Paul issues an open challenge for his title. And this is where I, I vary a little bit from that. And I believe Bobby Lashley answers the challenge and wins the U.S. title from Bobby Lashley, setting up him and carrying across. Paul. Logan Paul, I'm sorry. Logan Paul, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Lashley beats Logan Paul, setting up him and carrying across to meet. Probably at SummerSlam for the U.S. title. I think Karrion okay. Cross is, is getting hot now. I think they need to capitalize on that and kind of do something with him, with him and Bobby Lashley and all, and all of that. Okay. All um, right. I have the grudge match with AJ Styles and L.A. Knight. And I think right. L.A. Knight beats... I think L.A. Knight beats AJ Styles. I think the good yeah. brothers are at rings. I think the good brothers are at ringside. Do they turn they on AJ? They don't do anything. Okay. They let they let the match, mm. and, and and I think Knight beats Styles cleanly. What about Munchkin or whatever? Does she interfere? No, nobody interferes. Okay. But I okay. think it, it's it continues that divide between Styles and the Good Brothers. Okay. I, I have Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. I don't have a winner for that. I, although I think Becky Lynch should win it. Um, and then of course Bailey with Io Sky. You know, and I believe Bailey wins the title. I, I and definitely then, think that's going to happen. What's that? I definitely think that's going to happen. Yeah. 
And then I, I, I agree with Matt. I believe, you know, Gunther does battle with Jay Uso, and I think Jay Uso wins the Intercontinental title from Gunther. Wow. Okay. I don't I like know why it. I'm saying wow. We all agreed on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that's my seven matches for one night at WrestleMania. Wow. So which one's the main event? Logan I believe Paul? The, no, I believe the Intercontinental match, Gunther and Jey Uso. Very nice. You can't have Very main nice. event Jey Uso on a card and not yeah. have him in the main event. But if you don't have 20 matches, you're not going to get the ratings just so Right, know. right. Yeah, yeah, I need 20 matches to quantify all of the advertisements that they're going to do over the two nights. Yep, Snickers or whatever. Snickers or Slim Jim if they're back. Yeah. Very good. I like it, Howard. Uh, we're going to have to talk about it on the other side some more. And I will be doing mine on the other side as well. Uh, but joining us right now, I'm very excited. <laughs> we have... An ECW original. We have one of the Dudleys. And, 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 Bay, I was saying earlier, this is actually the 10-year anniversary of when we interviewed Devon Dudley for the first time. So this is a really kind of special thing, your brother in arms. How are you doing tonight, Shelby Dudley? I am doing great. And where the hell is all the time going? That's what I want to know. Oh, my God. You're telling me. Out the me. window, brother. Out the window. I was in college when you were uh, doing your thing, man. You're that old? I thought you were in college now. Yeah, right. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> How's, uh, so who's all there? So it's Sorry, go ahead. Is, well, I was going to say, who's all there? So it's you and Kathy and who else? Uh, we also have uh, Matt and Howard, our other co-hosts are here. What's up, Matt and Howard? I don't know those guys, do I? <laughs> uh, Matt went to college with me, and we would watch ECW on Saturday night. Yes, and, uh, I, I'm familiar with Matt, your work. Yeah. He's a big ECW fan, so. Nice. Hey, nice. Bay. What's up, Kath? How the hell are you doing? Before we go any further, let me uh, say to you as we are talking in person, I'm very sorry to hear about your uncle. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. How's everything yeah, else it was otherwise? Very sad thing. Yeah. Uh, we're getting there. I hear you. I hear you. So, all right, well, fire away. What, what were you saying now, Brady? I don't remember. I asked uh, how Nashville is. That, that's oh, a that's, huge jump. To, I mean, you're leaving the Philly area. You're going to a new market, right? You've, uh, you've I, been there a couple of years now. It, it's actually almost five years, which is pretty crazy. I never, wow. yeah, I never um, in my life, like I do an inter like you do, doing interviews and stuff, doing interviews for seven, eight years at that point. And you hear all these stories from these people that end up, picking up and leaving and going to Hollywood or New York or wherever to pursue their uh, next phase of life. And I'm like, that's just absolutely freaking crazy. I could never do that. And then next thing I know, I'm doing the same exact thing and going to Nashville. And it was honestly the best thing I ever did in my life. Wow. Now, why is that? All for love. Did it all for love. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, God bless you. You know, if you, if you found the right the right uh, person in your life, then that can make all the difference. So that's absolutely incredible. absolutely. So you've been doing this podcast the last uh, couple weeks, and I I guess it's like a video show. It, it seems like a really cool concept where you're interviewing your peers from ECW back in the day. Yeah. So so actually, what happened was 
I um I started this whole YouTube channel actually a year ago where I'm going through and watching the history of I'm I'm going through ECW television match by match and doing reaction videos to it and it's funny because a friend of mine well a person who became a friend who I interviewed from the music business who's a big ECW fan he like a year it was it was like right around Thanksgiving 2022 okay. he uh sends me a text like one o'clock in the morning are you up i'm like yeah and he calls me and he goes kathy does it all the time to me it's like <laughs> trying to sleep you know? i do not i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding and he was he, he's like yo he goes i came home from my, my gig tonight and i've been laying here watching ecw on youtube and i thought to myself what would it be like to hear Bay do reaction videos and tell, you know, his thoughts on the matches, the little inner things he knows behind the scenes of what happened with these people or the match itself and all this. And I was like, holy shit, dude, you're a genius. Like, this is this is a fabulous idea. So I started doing it, and it, you know, it's a slow build. But then the shocking thing was, like, people... And, and and Kat, I mean Kathy was there, so I I want to hear her if she's shocked by this. People generally are like, what's the word? Infatuated, and, and they want to know. They're so curious about Eastern Championship wrestling, and wow. they're yeah, they're like constantly sending me messages and questions and all this, so. Like, I was toying with it in my head for a year, and then about a month ago, a month and a half ago, I finally said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to start interviewing the guys and getting the stories and getting their stories and their feelings. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I want to know. People are asking questions. Well, hell, I want to know the answers myself. So I I started a a separate uh, show on the channel called Chewing the Fat. And uh, I just did the fifth interview the other night. So I started it with Glenn Osborne. And then I guess. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny. Somebody actually, uh, which I I looked at my screen. I'm like, what? They sent me a message and they said, that was really weird. And I said, what do you mean? They said, I never heard Glenn talk without makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay. I love Glenn. That's but all. then I then I did uh you know I, I dug up somebody from the past that nobody's heard from in quite a while, Johnny Hotbody. And uh Oh wow. Yeah, so the funny thing was when I announced Hotbody was coming on, I I got a message from Todd. Todd reached out to me on Facebook and he's like, you know, I came across your channel and I've been watching stuff, I love it. Um and I said to him, I said, So you're gonna be a guest? You're gonna let me interview you? <laughs> and, and he didn't answer me. And then he said some other things and asked me some other questions about stuff. And I said, so you're going to let me interview you, right? And he didn't answer. And it's so when he, he heard about Johnny, he said, say this to Johnny. And I did. And Johnny got a kick out of it. But Johnny has, you know, a lot of uh, heat with Todd and a lot of uh, feelings about how he was treated. Um, so he he let it fly for three hours uh, about his feelings about a lot of people. Um, 
Yeah, man, he he was not happy with, and Shane Douglas, and a lot of people, and this is what it's not. You know, I, I think so many people just saw the extreme error, and and and, and this is another question I want to ask Kathy because Kathy is a true ECW original, and a lot, you know, the the phase. The, the, the term came out ECW original for many years, you know, probably 30 years now. And I personally always said to myself, well, technically, they're not ECW originals. Like people like myself and Hotbody and Stetson and Osborne, those are the originals. Totagra? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> 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 we both made the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, a lot, a lot of the true originals have, you know, they feel little ways about that. So, you know, what I'm doing is I'm giving these guys who were the true ECW originals their platform to speak and and be heard and and talk and. I also, so I, I interviewed Johnny. Then I interviewed Stetson for four hours, which. Oh, my God. I believe it, though. We, I'll tell you what. We ended up, we were sitting there drinking the whole time, and he was drinking rum. By hour two, <laughs> Tony, Tony was a little drunk. By hour three, Tony was really drunk. But by the end of it, wow. He, he, he called me the next day. He goes, yo. He goes, I, I, I was, I was shit faced. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> I, I, uh, when I asked you about a person, you said you wanted to knife them in the throat. I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, and, and then I interviewed. Uh, here, here's a name for you, Ernesto Benefica. Ernesto Benefica. I don't remember that one. Okay, so he was um, very early in in Eastern Championship Wrestling. He was okay. the guy that was doing getting squashed. Okay, he was. Oh my out god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, little little skinny guy. Yes. He would sell like fifty to seventy five tickets a show. Yeah. And they would throw him out there just to get his ass beat and and completely <laughs> squashed. Yeah. Um, so I interviewed him, and uh, just the other night, I interviewed Gigolo Joe Zanoli. Oh, my Gigolo God. Gigolo Joe. <laughs> yes. He had some Gigolo flowing hair, man. I was I was watching some of those episodes on Peacock. He's like, <laughs> he was the man. <laughs> like we're, we're, it, It's funny because uh, Molino commented on, on the picture we used where he was being hung by Funk. And, and Molino yes. goes, that's the picture you had to use? <laughs> and, and Joe comments, he goes, I love that picture. Look at the hair. <laughs> Bay, do you remember <clears throat> the night at, um, Tem I think it was Temple? No, it wasn't Temple. McGonagall Hall. Temple. Yeah. Which when <clears throat> I was not there because... That was before my even knowing about indie wrestling. Really? That was, that was like six months to a year before I found out about TWA and everything and, and got involved. Wow. Uh, I had no idea about 
the, the Squared Circle Fan Club, Rasta Radio. I didn't know none of it. We, I don't know if Joe told you the story. <clears throat> he got, quote unquote, hurt. And they bring him back. Well, the ambulance crew, yes. they were like, you're going to the hospital. Blah, blah. And Lawler's like, yeah, you should really go, dude. And And he's trying to, you know. That was the Civic Center. <clears throat> Civic Center, that's right. Yes. And they're saying, you know, he's going to tell them, you know, tell them, <laughs> give them the heads up. And I'm like, and Lawler's like, uh-uh, don't do it. And I think they finally put him a, a, a collar on him and took him to the hospital. <laughs> that, I brought that story up to him the other night. And I said, one of the classic funny stories of Gigolo Joe, because... I remember you were there for some of these, Kath. Remember the the meetings at Good Hearts Apartment? Oh my God, yeah. They, I mean, they were just complete rib fest, and Zanoli was always <laughs> like the butt of all the jokes. They used to just break his balls, uh, oh. Waldo and Bruno and yeah. Stetson and Hot Body. And um, I remember after that happened, like. They took him to the hospital. Well, you know, naturally, you're going to get a hospital bill. He got an ambulance bill. He got a hospital yeah. bill. And, and he was like, you know, Joel, are you going to pay this hospital bill? And Joel wouldn't pay it. Like, <laughs> So he got kind of screwed out of however much money it was. But, I mean, it was like the ongoing joke. And, and every meeting, Joe would be like, uh, Joel, are you going to pay for my hospital bill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It so sounds like it really was an amazing time. time. Yeah, it sounds like it was an amazing time. Um, really, you, know, you know, that's the one thing, too. And one thing I'm going to do with this whole, um, you know, this show, not only is it about ECW, but I'm going to – I definitely want to acknowledge uh, Tri-State as much as possible. And I want to give, you know, all the guys of Tri-State and, and, and the ladies and, you know, like, you know, Kathy – and I'm going to get into Kathy uh, in a second, but you know, somebody, people like her are have been a very important part of the Philadelphia wrestling scene for many, many years. And people, you know, don't realize how important they've been. And I want, you know, these people, especially Joel, to go through, you know, to get their acknowledgments and, and their praises because. Especially Tri-State. I don't think people realize because there was not TV or good video quality um, being done. The magic that Tri-State truly was. Yep. Did it surprise you? I mean, the evolution, obviously, from Tri-State, from TWA to the early ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling. That seemed like a logical progression. But what no, ECW? Didn't. No, it didn't. You didn't no, think didn't. so? I thought it. Did. No, Be- because and I asked this question to everybody I've interviewed so far because okay, Tri-State, like I just said, was magic. Tri-State was literally like extreme championship wrestling before extreme, mm-hmm. and then when Todd took over, Todd wanted to change things. He he wanted to like distance himself from Tri-State. He didn't want people to think that Joel was involved. He was trying to make it more, um, you know, PG and and, and things like that. And okay. the, the product in those early, you know, that early Eastern Championship wrestling and even early on on TV, 
um, before you know a lot of the names started coming in for Paul really you can tell Paul really uh, where his booking takes over before Eddie left but was bad it was really really a bad product and I personally hated it and I've been on record for saying it for years I hated the Eastern Championship wrestling product that's interesting let me rephrase it then uh, because I didn't expect you to say that so TWA versus what ECW became, the, you know, mm-hmm. the product that caught fire in like 94, 95, 96. How would, how did TWA stack up against that? I wasn't at those TWA shows. It, I, I, you know what? You can stack it side by side. It would be wow. parallel. It'd be okay. right alongside it. Absolutely. I like when I would go to those shows, I was, I can curse, right? I'm already cursing, but yeah, I, I, I can, I can, I was fucking yeah. popping like crazy from what I was witnessing. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was, I, I had the same feeling. Like when I was, you know, backstage uh, during the extreme era and I'm sitting around the monitor watching what's going on on the other side of the curtain and I'm popping in my head like, oh shit. Like it was wrestling history and tri-state wrestling was wrestling history Eastern Championship Wrestling, nowhere near wrestling history. Extreme Championship Wrestling, complete wrestling history that's monumental. And why 30 years later, people want to talk to Chubby Dudley, who had such a small part in all of this. One of the listeners want to know who your favorite Dudley actually was. Um... Probably dances with Dudley. I was gonna say that <laughs> he was fun. He, I was very. He was somebody who deserved a lot more than he got. He was his character was absolutely hysterical. His work wise, at that point after um, Dudley Dudley was gone. Um, <laughs> At that point, Adafo was the best worker out of the Dudleys. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, here's another one. Okay, I really like this question. Actually, um, who from ECW, as we knew it as fans, was the least like? Like, okay, who behind the scenes was totally different? The most totally different from what we saw on TV. Ooh. Definitely wasn't Sandman. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I'll go right to the top. Todd Gordon. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, why is that? Because the person you saw on TV as Todd was what Todd used to be in... In life and in Eastern Championship Wrestling days. But when the person behind the scenes in Extreme Championship Wrestling was not the same Todd anymore. It's interesting. That's really cool. Uh, otherwise, I think everybody uh, and Kath, I mean, Kathy was there. I mean, I think everybody else was pretty much almost the same on both sides of the guardrail. Yeah. Well, they do say that makes the best product, right? When people are 
themselves with the volume turned out. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that what we get if we check out the Bay Ragney experience on YouTube? <laughs> Yourself with the volume up? Uh, you, what you're getting right now is what you get. You get me uh, either watching ECW or you get me interviewing ECW people. And actually, I do have a special announcement. And uh, I was texting with a certain person earlier Sweet. that has been MIA for 30 years. And it all happened because of Kathy Fitch right there. <laughs> I, I have to thank her. I, I, I put a little announcement out uh, yeah. about a week ago that I'm searching for three people that are MIA. Um, and she sent me a message. She said, uh, I tracked this person down. Here's his phone number. I talked to him. He wants wow. to do an interview. So I that sent is him. Kathy. That is Kathy. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So I sent him a text and uh, he answered with, um, I've checked out your show. I want to chew the fat and set the record straight. And that is none other than Mr. Jay Sully. Jay Sully. Oh, my God. The announcer. Wow. Of- yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. So if you guys tune in on, uh, like I said, it, the shows are on Peacock. He was like the earliest guy. He was before yeah. Joey Styles. He was the guy. He, he, was, yeah. he was the guy. Yeah. That's wild. I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah, so people want to – like, as I'm watching this, I mean, look, Jay wasn't the best. But I I don't know nothing of what his background was, and I want to find out what his background was, how he got mixed into this crazy business. And, (laughs) you know, as I'm watching this, you can see, I mean, Gilbert and Paulie are just shooting on the guy. And and they're threatening his job the whole time. And you know it's legit. (laughs) You know, yeah, just like Stevie Wonderful. As soon as Paul came in, he was out of the booth. Like he, he, he his role got so diminished. And and I'm gonna, you know, I know Stevie's on Facebook. I'm gonna track him down. I want to re- interview him too. But I want to go through and I want to interview all these people. And I want to interview Kathy too. And I want to talk to these people and find <laughs> out because everybody's got their own stories. Yeah, they, ha- they have their own things they did and. Each person, like when I interviewed Ernesto, like he said to me, I was a small piece of sand on the beach. I said, but yeah, but you know what? You have that story and people want to know. And it's like I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do here is just build a, t- a capsule, a time capsule of memories of ECW. Wow. Yeah. I have to admit, no. when I reached out to Jay and I sent him a text... <laughs> He was like, yo, Fitzy, what's up? <laughs> and then, you know, and then he had sent me a message that he was sitting in an airport and was watching your stuff on YouTube. And he started busting out laughing. He goes, does anybody besides two of us remember any of that stuff? And yeah. I said, there's people that want to know that no one ever knew. Because yep. everyone, like you said, Bay, everyone knew extreme. Mm-hmm. No one knew Eastern Championship. Well, the crazy thing is, I when Todd reached out to me twice so far, and I don't know if it was the first or second time. And I said that to him. I said, 
you know, I'm really shocked by the reaction that people really want to know about Eastern Championship Wrestling. And he said the same thing. He said with his book, he was pretty shocked that that was the big thing that everybody asked him about is more about that than the actual stream stuff. Yeah. Well, it certainly was a wild time. And to see what ECW became from, like you said, a kind of a mild product with Eastern Championship Wrestling to uh, basically a revolution. Uh, what did you think, Bay? I mean, you had a front row seat for a lot of that. What What was it like as the shows really started to take off when it, it became pretty clear that you guys were going to make a dent in the industry? It was especially like the arena shows. I mean, the way he, he had it set up was the arena was every three weeks. And then every weekend we would go around to, you know, neighboring towns throughout, you know, Pennsylvania or wherever. And then they would start going up to New York. And, um, but those arena shows, which was their TV tapings were, I mean, just absolute, it was chaos, pandemonium, and just absolute wrestling fucking magic. It was, yeah. I'm telling you, I would sit there at that monitor after, you know, before the Dudleys did their thing. And then after I would go right back to the monitor and watch. And the things I was witnessing, you know, I knew. I was saying to myself, this is history. History's being made. Because you're hearing on one side, you're hearing... 1500 people sardined into a uh, cement bingo hole hell hell you know hell hole and on the other side of the curtain i'm sitting in a locker room with mick foley and steve austin and eddie guerrero and ben y like every name that there was and they're popping just as much as the fans are can i interject real quick because that's kind of leading up to what i was wondering um, when did you realize that ECW was as special? I mean, here we are talking about it, you know, a few decades later still. When did you realize as an organization, as a company, that you had it? You had whatever it is that ECW had it? Uh, before I went back as a Dudley, I, I already knew. When, when Shane threw that belt so, down. That's exactly what I, that's what I thought is. That's what I was getting is when Shane threw the belt yeah. down and pretty much trashed everything, the NWA and, and everything prior to that. What, so at that time I was on the outs with ECW and I was very, very bitter and angry. And I had started my own promotion at the time, but, and I had also become friendly with the quote unquote enemy, Dennis Carluzzo. And, me and Dennis became very, very tight. And I think that's probably part of the reason, too, they never used me in the ring. It was always just the outside stuff because they knew my relationship with Dennis. Um, and when they did, the, Dennis called me that night. He was fucking livid. He was going nuts. They, he was screaming on the phone, they fucked me. They fucked me. I can't fucking believe it. He was so, and I don't blame him. I mean, they did. They, 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 what they did was, you know, revolutionary. But it was probably one of the greatest moments in wrestling. You know, it, it was something that, A, 
needed to be done. It was, I, I mean, when I when I saw it, you know, hearing Dennis was one thing, but when I actually got to watch it and see what happened, I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. <coughs> wow, that's but, wild. But yeah. I'll tell you, the match that um, when I was sitting backstage and watched and I said, oh, shit just got real, was um, Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero. Yes. Their, their first night in the company... They blew the roof off of that place. And I, I mean, I have chills right now talking about that match. I remember, I, my, I think my chin is still on the floor of the arena backstage. <laughs> Matt, we watched that match a couple times. It was an amazing. Like, it was, I, I, it was like, it was incredible. Yeah. And I mean, like that time, was like, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say at the time, you know, being, I think I was a senior in high school when that match happened. And, you know, up to that point in my life, I really kind of just thought the ins and outs of pro wrestling was pretty much what WWE had been showing for the last 10 years at that point. So to see something like that and to really have that kind of exposure to a style that wasn't really popular in America back then, you know, pre-internet and everything, I, it was just mind-blowing to see it. And, then, and to realize it was happening like 10 miles from where we lived was incredible. Yeah, I think that's what made it special, at least for this area, was it was, it wasn't Connecticut, it wasn't, yeah. you know, the Carolinas. It was in our backyard, South Philly, South Philly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> and and well, they were me. some, they were some pretty wild crowds too, Bay. I, I, I have a feeling you weren't at odds with them too much, but was there ever a point where you felt truly unsafe? Me not. No, because every week, maybe, maybe Kathy, but not like. Yeah. <clears throat> Kathy was sitting I, with him. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, she she was working the, the the door. That's why she felt in safe dealing with all them lunatics. Oh well, yeah. wait a minute. You didn't, remember the one night? Um, it was still Eastern Championship. Doug Gilbert was wrestling somebody. I forget who it was. I think it was in Japan. <laughs> And all the fans are standing in front of the desk. We're on behind. And I remember looking over my shoulder, and here comes Doug and the guy. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> wait, wait. There, there, I think there was numerous times that now that you say that, like I wasn't there for that, but I kind of remember, like, you know, <laughs> the, the match would start in a ring and it would just go through. Like it was like, like taking a tour yeah. of the arena through the stands, and <laughs> you would always like work your way towards the front where Kathy was working the door, and she'd be like, like holding down the table, <laughs> like no. I'm standing there, and all the fans are on the other side, and I'm like, let me out. Let. And all I remember is Doug kind of like pushing me to the side and I'm like I hate you so bad right now <laughs> he, he's somebody I want to talk to too I, I haven't reached out to him I haven't talked to Doug in years. Like, I only met him once or twice at um, when Dennis did the uh, Eddie Gilbert Memorial yeah. shows. Um, but I would love to um, talk to Doug too <laughs> alright I'll get you that number there you go 
There Kathy's you go. good at stalking people on Facebook. She'll get it. <laughs> we got to find JT. I actually, I I was given an email. I have to try, but I was given two phone numbers. Janetti gave yeah. me a phone number, and um, Mike Bruno gave me a phone number. And I sent text to both. No response. Maybe I should just try calling. I don't know. I I got to tell you, there was one that I encountered where Kathy couldn't help me. And Mr. Ooh La La had to come to bat. Whoa. Mr. Ooh La La. <laughs> Scoot Andrews, if you remember him. Yeah. 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 Where, where the hell is he at? Oh, he's down in Florida. He, I got you that one. I thought Mr. Ooh La La did. Well, whatever. No, I Maybe got I'm you thinking Scoot. of somebody else. Okay. Kathy got me Scoot. I'm lying. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's what we do best here, about. Brady. We stretch the truth here. Yeah, it's we stretch we the best. truth. We stretch the truth. Uh, that's, that's generous. We, we have a request. Kathy's going to love it. We have a request from a fan that wants to talk to you real quick. Is that okay? Yeah, of Depends course. on who the fan he, is. He's a Dudley. Oh, boy. Rat Dudley. What's going on? Oh. <laughs> I should have known. Yeah, you call it every week. Wake up, Chubby. What's up, Rap Boy? How the hell you been? I've been okay. I'm hanging in there. You know, I'm turning 60s pretty soon, you know. But I'm doing you're, good. You're turning 60? Yes. There's hope. There's hope. I thought he was already 60. No. I'll be 60 since he was 20. Yeah, he's been 60 yeah. for 20 years. <laughs> now, now he was a regular fixture in the Dennis Corlizo shows, wasn't he? Yes, yes he was. Yeah. Oh, so. Is that where you yeah. got to meet him, Bay? That's where I got to meet the rap boy. Yes. Lucky yeah. you, lucky you. Are, are you sorry you met him? I mean, be honest. Let's be honest here. Are actually, you sorry you met rap boy? Right I think I actually <laughs> met him before that. Hey, rap boy, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you used to go to Iron Mike Sharp School for his shows? Yes, I did. In Bricktown, New Jersey. That's where wow. I met him. Okay. Yep. yep. That's why. Because we used to, we used to go up there when there was not shows. Because uh, Mike used to run out of his school every two weeks on Saturday nights. So us Philly guys like me, Richards, uh, Derek Domino, a um, couple other guys, we would go take the two hour ride up to. Uh, Bricktown, New Jersey, to Mike Sharps and get some ring time in. And that's how we ended up meeting guys like Supernova and Donnie B and Moraldo and Mr. Motion, Mike Tarras, and yep. so so many guys. I mean, just about every guy that came out of his school was amazingly talented. Very cool. Rat Boy, did you have a question? Yes, I got a good question. Okay. I'm reaching out to all the fans. We want to know if we're going to be a, a Dudley reunion. That's the question I get asked constantly. And I get approached constantly. I was approached, no lie, last... When did, uh, when did uh, Rob Feinstein do the first ECW thing? It was, it was like last December. Right. He did the ECW tribute at Icons. I was approached five or six times from different people and promoters that were trying to get us together. Didn't happen. I have been approached twice 
so far for this one coming up for WrestleMania. I haven't heard any more details. That's the big thing. People want to see a Dudley reunion of all the brothers. It hasn't happened in 30 plus years. Um, I'm in touch with, I'm in touch with dances. I mean, I was just texting with sign guy the other night. Um, I haven't talked to, I haven't talked to Bubba in about 15 years. I talked to Devon five years ago. I, ran into him and he was doing an appearance at Wizard World in Philly okay. and I went down to go see him and we ended up talking for about an hour and catching up and then he uh, he did an interview with me. I, he let me interview him and I haven't talked to him since. But that and then you know the whole cast of characters but uh, I haven't spoke to Dudley Dudley since 95 Spike, I haven't talked to since '96. So it's been a while for some of these guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Would that be something that you'd Stein be open guy. to? I'm completely open. I'm okay. just waiting for somebody to pull the trigger and make it happen. Well, Stein Maybe guys can be in Philly soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he's uh he's working for TNA now. Yeah. Stein guy. So yeah, oh, they're nice. gonna be at the arena. Very cool. Thanks for the question, Rat Boy. Um, no, that's really interesting. Got rid and, of him. Um, sorry, you got rid of him quick. Well, you, you have to. Um, Once you get a rat invasion, they just never stop. It's like, you know, I I have to like, I have to plug up the pipes. He'll come <laughs> in in the middle of the night. He'll come in through like the kitchen sink. So now I'm only playing rapper, but no, it's really cool. It's really cool, and to like look back. I always felt like you were somebody who could have done you, you even said it so yourself like you could have done so much more in ECW than just being kind of a background guy. Does that ever bother you? Now no, not at all. Not at okay. all. Okay. Then oh drove me crazy. I was yeah. that's why I ended up leaving in ninety six because um you know, I was there for close to a year and a half and every weekend I'm getting chair shotted concussions put through tables and all this stuff never a payoff never got paid oh my god and never truly given a shot in the ring you know i was i think it was only one match i think i was given was uh in jim thorpe was that raven no they needed an opening match it was a bad crew, and they okay. teamed me up with um, El Puto Ricano, Pablo. <laughs> okay. And, I mean, I was in there from in the ring for maybe two minutes, and they had Sandman come out to cane us all, and Hack, Hack pulled me aside before we went out there. He said, look, I'm coming to you first. Take one shot. Take the powder and go in the back. You don't deserve to be in here because I'm going to beat the hell out of all of them. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, you wonder why people didn't want to wrestle him. <laughs> <laughs> Which just came out this week, by the way. I I, I found that very fascinating. Or, or you hear the stories of uh, like when he tried to wrestle sober and it was more dangerous than when he was drunk. 
Were you scared of him, Sandman? No. We How about always... New Jack? Hack and New Jack always like this. Always got along with him. Okay. New Jack used to terrify me, and we never had a problem. You know what? I think before I met New Jack, terrified the fucking hell out of me. Yeah. I, you know, because you know he's just a loose cannon, and you never know what can happen. But there was an incident at the travel lodge one night where... Um, when wasn't there an incident at the travel uh, lodge? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kat, do you remember the guy... He used to like try to hang out at the travel lodge and he used to call himself the Sandman. He had like blonde hair, kind of like, you know, like collar length. And he would, I, I can still picture the guy kind of thinning and balding on, in the front. And, yes. Uh, yes. He was, he was always trouble. Well, this, yes. this, this fucking guy of all rooms to bust into, he busted into New Jack's room while New Jack's. Oh, in God. bed with a girl, with one of the rats. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I was in the room next door with people partying, and we hear all this commotion, and you hear New Jack screaming. We go out into the hallway, and New Jack, uh, Mustafa comes out, me, and somebody else. And New Jack's hollering, this guy came in my room. He came in my room. Well, oh my God. The, you know, this is how stupid the guy was the travel lodge was a circle so he ran for his life cylinder of sin <laughs> the oh. cylinder of sin oh, no. he ran for cylinder. his life and he runs as new jack's telling us what happened he runs back into us so new he runs up and new jack grabs him and drops him. fucking drops the dude the dude's like, oh my god. And he jumps up and he looks and runs. <laughs> so now New Jack is like a lunatic. He's like going to kill this guy. Well, this asshole runs the circle again. <laughs> and runs back into New Jack. Oh my god. New Jack dropped. It doesn't like, even sound real. It, it was like a, it was like I was in like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> it's like Pac-Man where you go off one side and come out the yeah. other, you know. <laughs> so now the guy gets up and he's like all frazzled again, and we were like right at the door for the stairs, and he runs down the stairs. Well, New Jack in his underwear chases this fucking guy. <laughs> there goes Mustafa, and there I go, and and we, you know. And we chased the guy down the steps out the front door to Travel Lodge. I think since that moment, because I had New Jack's back, he always was kind to me and nice to me and respected me. Yeah. He, he was always big on respect. Yeah. That's what I I, the first time I met him, he almost uh, tasered me because he was swinging it around like the big boss man. Babe, <laughs> uh, yeah. do you remember the first night the um Ray and Psychosis came in. Okay. I pick him up at the airport. I get back. To, I'm coming to the travel lodge. There are six to seven Philadelphia police cars out front. <laughs> okay. And all I remember is looking at Ray going, they're <laughs> never coming back again. <laughs> Welcome to ECW. Well, somebody, not saying who, Got a hold of some bad weed. 
<clears throat> and there, and he was having a bad reaction. Okay. So they take him out in handcuffs, and I'm just sitting there going, "They're never coming back again." <laughs> <clears throat> we go in. I'm like Paul, Ray Mysterio, psychosis. Later, and I walked away. <laughs> wow. Oh and Ray, Ray to this day always tells that story. He's like, "Do you remember when you first met?" Yeah, I do. I it it was so. I mean that it really was so interesting. The 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 <laughs> things that happened in that place. There was there was uh, what was the band? It was um, I think it was Sublime. Yes. It was like this huge band. They came in, they were on tour, they ended up, they were playing Philly that night, and they stayed at the Travel Lodge. Yeah. The same night as ECW's there. So we're fucking partying with Sublime, and then like two weeks later, the freaking singer uh, died of an overdose. I mean, it was crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, one night, Missy Hyatt wanted to meet who she thought was um, Yager. From the Penguins. Oh, when she was on her hockey kick. It was ne- Peter Nedbed. <clears throat> okay. She okay. had Nedbed break curfew. Yep. To come <laughs> to meet her. Yep. Nedbed didn't speak English. <clears throat> oh my That's god. So the next day, we're at the at the Flyers Penguins game, and she's like, "Oh hi hi," and I go, "Who are you waving to?" She goes. Yager, I said, that's not Yager, that's Ned Bed. <laughs> Didn't and she end up like, dating him for a minute? Uh-huh. And Brenda Moore. Roger yes. Brenda Moore. Uh, that's right. I remember when she was with, with, with Brenda Moore, too. Yeah. Is and, that why Brenda Moore got traded? No. Probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to hide. Yeah, I remember when I, when I saw Brenda Moore after they, you know, they stopped seeing each other, I went, I am really sorry about that, Rod. I really am. Wow. Oh, she and Missy's. I mean, I, I love Missy. She was. Oh, yeah. When I was promoting shows, I, I used her on a show, and she was like started calling like every fucking day, and she had all these ideas and all these things. I'm thinking to myself, Are you paying for this? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Did you have a favorite uh, Sabu story? One of the listeners wants to know. <laughs> I got a couple, but I'm Fun, sure going funny, funny, funny Sabu story. Um, yeah. I was a Dudley for maybe two or three months, and like I said, I was very, very close to um, Carluzzo, mm-hmm. and Dennis was constantly, constantly, constantly begging me to come work for him. Fuck Mm -hmm. them guys. They're treating you like shit. They're not paying you. Fuck them. Come work for me. I'll pay you. I'll pay you. And I started like listening to Dennis and I was like, all right, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'll I'll come work for you. And he was running the same night as an arena show. And I went and worked for Dennis and I walk in the locker room and Sabu's there too. And I look at him and he looks at me. He's like, what are you doing here? I said, what are you doing here? And he just starts laughing. And he had, he ended up working 
Devin Storm that night. And okay. that was the match to put uh, Chris on the map. It was an unbelievable blowaway match. And then uh, the next time, you know, me and Sabu are back at the arena, and so is Devin Storm. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, see, I got a bunch here. Do you have an Eddie? Do you have anything with Eddie Gilbert that's worth uh, talking about? Eddie Gilbert. Before he came in, I was a huge, huge, huge Gilbert Mark. Yeah, when yeah. I I was working behind the scenes, helping with uh, like promotions when there would be a show. Um, I would me and me and uh, Frank Cody would go and fly her to town up for Todd. So when we went to get the um, pick up the posters and flyers to go hit Cabrini for Todd, he's like, "Come to my office, come to my office." Like I tell you something, and he drops the bomb. I, I still remember sitting in the fucking chair staring at him as he's sitting behind his desk, and he drops the bomb on us that he hired Eddie Gilbert to be the new Booker. Well, I was like, "Holy shit! This is going to be the greatest thing ever." And yeah. then Eddie came in. It was an absolute dick. And I don't remember. I only did the two tapings. The first two tapings at Cabrini. I don't remember if it was the first set of tapings or the second set. But he went nuts in the locker room. And just told us all that we sucked. You're on television. You look like shit. You're no good. And if you don't shape up, you're all fired. Wow. Hmm. It's interesting. Which, which, and I am very open about this, and I say this as well, when you go back and you watch those Eastern Championship wrestling matches, we deserve to be fired. I get why I was fired. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you compare Eddie's style to, like, Paul Heyman? Oh, God. Polar opposites. Totally dead, yeah. Polar, polar opposites. Like, Paul came in. Paul and Eddie were best friends. And Paul actually lived with Eddie when he was married to Missy for a little bit. And Paul Paul was never a dick to me. You know, I've heard many stories, but he was never a dick to me. But he, um, it was just very, like, Eddie's. Eddie was like not around for booking. He was not, it was just, I don't know. Paul, it was magic, man. It was magic. And he was like, um, if you needed somebody to do like a halftime speech to go out and win the Super Bowl, have Paul do it. Because he would give a speech before those arena shows that. He had that locker room so riled up. I mean, that's why we went out there and killed each other. And that's why now, 30 years later, you see we're all, like, you know, schlepping around and can barely move and walk. Because we gave our it, – it was – we gave blood, sweat, tears, and our bodies to okay. Paul and ECW because he knew how to motivate you. And when you look at the product, it delivered. He definitely got the lot. He got the most. I I always felt as a fan, 
he got the most out of those guys and girls that was possible, really. He took talent that nobody wanted mm-hmm. that had talent. That was talent that, for the most part, you know, I'll say maybe 65, 75% of that talent could not make it in WWE or F at the time or even WCW. They would not be able to just get over with that crowd, the ring, the style, et cetera, et cetera. The roles. The roles. (laughs) But in ECW, Paul knew how to plug and play these people with the characters, the angles, the situations, and the crowd. He just, he knew, he was like a mad scientist and just knew how to do it. With with everybody. With everybody. Yeah, no, I mean, and you could tell. Believe me, you could tell because those shows were damn compelling. What was it about him that you think he was able to motivate people that, because he certainly wasn't paying them, right? I... I'll I'll say it from my point of view, and I think, and I'd love to know this, but I I guarantee the way I thought about things is also the way that the other talent did. Okay. I, first off, was not getting paid. These other guys, they were getting paid, and some were getting paid pretty well. Mm -hmm. But, again, like we just said, they are not in with the other federations, where else are you going to go and get mainstream TV coverage, magazine coverage, um, fan support, a half decent to a decent payday, yeah, and get booked fucking properly. I mean, in my point of view, I again, like I said, I was a small piece of sand on the beach. You know what it's like to be on TV every week? I was I was delivering pizza. Was my day job at the time? Mm-hmm. I was delivering pizza, and I would at sometimes on Tuesday evenings, I'm at the door with a pepperoni pizza, and people open the door, and I'm <laughs> on TV. I was going to ask you that, yeah. And they're looking at me like. What the hell? Right. You know, it's just very weird situations. And uh, I think that was it. Like, and then I would go to my local, you know, magazine shop or drugstore and I'm going through the wrestle magazines and, oh, here I am. But oh, here I am. Like, I, and then on top, I'll, I'll go even a step further. And then yeah. you go back to the cylinder of sin and you're getting paid <laughs> because all the fans, male and female, they are buying you all the drinks you want. If you're into the drugs, which I was never a drug person, they're giving you any of the drugs you want and you're getting all the sex you want. You know? So it was just like I was, was awful. I I was horrible. Getting, paid in, in yeah. other ways except for money okay okay what, what, what's your favorite if, if you have a, what's your favorite terry funk story your favorite memory terry, of terry funk terry it's funny 
whenever I saw Terry, like every show, I still don't. I, he probably didn't even have a clue who I was. But he was always respectful, always nice, and, and just he talked like this with that voice. Oh, that was him. <laughs> he, he he just had that draw, and he just talked like that. And even if he was nice and calm or screaming like a lunatic, it was you know it was we used to call him Uncle Terry and. Uh, <laughs> It's like yeah. a grandfather. I, yes. I remember. Yes. Yeah. And the worst part is, at that time, I'm his age now, and he looked a lot fucking better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thought of it at the time, though. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. That's uh, that's something. Though. I I did. Um. I remember. I one of the one of the great things that I got to do as a commentator was to call the last show at the arena before it closed when they thought it was closing for good. Okay. It was a, it was I believe it was CZW or something like that. It might have been um, I don't remember. But anyway, they they did a thing with all these different ECW personalities, and Terry Funk was there. Okay. And Terry Funk was in the corner of that old locker room, and all the wrestlers from all these different companies that were there for the Super Show were in a line wrapped around the entire square locker room, waiting to talk to Terry. Wow. It was amazing. Was he was uh, but see that's the thing too he was always like a grandfather he was like a grandfather yeah. to the locker room and like i said he probably didn't know who i was but he always would treat me with respect if i wanted to sit and talk to him and ask questions he would answer and he was like that with everybody he, he was never just, made you feel bad yeah no he was just a beautiful beautiful person that's amazing that's he really was. Cool. He's such an awesome man. Yeah, even Dory. Like I met Dory again, going back to the, the shows with with Dennis, the Eddie shows. Yeah, you know, Dory would be on them. Dory was also very nice as well. Yeah, I mean, does it? I mean, obviously, there's an element of sadness, I'm sure. But to think about some of these guys that aren't here anymore, and like, you're never going to have the opportunity to chew the fat. With them. Does that bother you? Fucking kills me. Yeah. Kills me. And actually, like, when, when I was doing my interview with Zanoli the other night, mm-hmm. and I, honestly, I, I can I cry, actually cry right now. Um, somebody who I looked up to before I got in the business as a teenager and ended up becoming friends with, thanks to Goodhart, was Buddy Landell. Oh wow, buddy! I love buddy. And, love buddy. And yeah, and, and used to bring him in. I I had yeah. so much fun with him. He was amazing. I um, I fucking love buddy. I miss that guy so much. We we became friends in ninety one. Okay. And um, from day one, it was like he just cling to me and we just hit it off and he gave me his phone number and we just became instant friends and after uh tri-state closed and he hooked up with smoky mountain and he uh he worked was it it was called the super bowl of wrestling in knoxville against michaels in the main event i went there just to see him and i walked over by the curtain 
And he looked out, and then he saw me, and his mouth dropped. And he came out, and he gave me a big hug. And when I was promoting shows, I brought him in. I wanted to kill him. I should have <laughs> killed him for the sh- for the hell he put me through in three days. Um, but we always, always, always remained close and in contact. And that's nice. He, he was he. he Yeah. You all right? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you. No, I I just I, tru- I truly I truly miss him. He was an amazing guy. Yes, really he was. was. Yeah, I um always a huge fan. Yeah. Um kind of along the same lines but not quite. Uh is there like that golden goose that you're seeking for this podcast that uh, or for this video presentation? This person who you might not expect to get but it's like this is really like a big part of the reason why you're doing it. Is there anybody in particular? Like right now, I'm just so focused on Eastern. Okay. And Jay Jay Sully was definitely one. Um, That's cool. Another one is Tigra. Tigra, wow. Tigra, wow. She was oh, wow. with um. She was with um. Oh, what's his name? Um, Rebel. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wow. think I know the situation. Yeah. But I I I want to I want to hear I want to know I want to know and other wow. people want to know where did she go? I'm sure. Yeah. She she was and, and Kathy. I you could probably correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure she was a stripper. Yeah. And. I think we were doing like promotions at the bar she was working at, or maybe through Lori. That's how we got her, and um, they put her in a manager role. And she was a natural; she could have done something. But I'm pretty sure somebody screwed it up, <laughs> and um, she left. Yeah, that would be interesting for sure. Yeah. So if people and, and we're starting to run short on time, babe. But if people want to check out, you know, this stuff, and obviously you've got a whole lot going on online. Like, where where can they go? All right. So on YouTube, it's Chubby Dudley Official, and also on Facebook. My Facebook page is blowing up now too. Like, yeah. um, it, it's it's I honestly I'm having so much fun doing all this, T- taking this little walk down memory lane, and. You know, it was an important part of my life as well as everybody else's and so many great memories. And a big part of that whole ECW thing, and I got to say this, you know, yeah, ECW was amazing and history and stupendous and spectacular and just absolutely mind-blowing because of Paul, the locker room, the workers, and everybody working behind the scenes. Yeah. But none of that would have happened without the other people on the other side of that guardrail. They were just as important as us. And there was a, a bond and family. I mean, on, on those arena shows, I mean, they're out there tailgating all day long. Like it's an Eagles game yeah. and, and the guys are out there tailgating and then it's, yeah, North uh, it carried on to the cylinder of sin, but, 
those those fans are just as important in the memory of ECW, and they should. I, I, I'm going to say this right now. I'm on a mission. I want two banners in that fucking arena. I want a banner. I, I want a four-way banner because these four guys deserve. All right, maybe five. Five. I'm going to say five, and they could put them all in one. These five guys deserve to be recognized as the true originators in Philadelphia hardcore wrestling. Johnny Hotbody, Tony Stetson, Larry Winters, DC Drake, and fucking Joel Goodhart. Their names deserve to be risen in that fucking arena. Even though they didn't really do anything in that arena, they deserve to be recognized. And also, too, they need to raise a f- one and just put the fans. Because without you guys, none of this none of this happened. It did make it really special, that's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. You can make samples. Dude, I have people yeah, it's yeah. funny because people, there was somebody told me they were like eleven, twelve years old and they would tell their parents they were going to a friend's house and they were taking the fucking train from Jersey over the bridge <laughs> and going to the arena. Right, right. And then the, the they, they said the fans realized what was going on and they like took this kid in. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's magic. Magic. <clears throat> they, there, there are people in New Jersey, South Jersey politics Right. That used to come to ECW Arena as young kids. See? Because the one guy saw me one day and he went, I know you. I said, okay. He goes, do you, do you used to work ECW Arena? I went, oh, dear God in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Busted. Yeah, really. That's funny. And, and, and just to give you an idea of how far it stretched, I mean, I live down in Galloway now and I I belong to a cigar lounge at Summers Point. A lot of the guys that are a little younger than me that were like Brady College age when they went there talked about driving from, you know, Northfield, Linwood, Ocean City, Summers Point, all the way to Philadelphia, which is about a 45-minute hour ride just to catch the show and then come back. So it didn't just stretch street, you know, reach the immediate Philadelphia area, but it stretched far beyond Philadelphia with your reach and 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 what was going on there. I mean, a lot of people were driving down from New York. I believe it. Yeah, Mike Johnson, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, I I I went to LaSalle at the time. So did Matt. He had to go. Um, They used to run a bus trip for every Saturday when you guys had a show. Wow! Like there was a bus trip full of, and, and it was full. You had to register ahead of time, or you weren't going. That's how that's how big it was. Yeah. It was I, an amazing you, time. I, I don't think I don't I don't think, you know, the magic that happened in those years will ever be duplicated. So many have tried and they keep trying. They'll never ever duplicate that magic. And I'll take you one step further. Uh, a lot of people will say you can't duplicate it because you can't get away with the kind of stuff you guys were doing. I think it's so much more than that. I don't really think it has oh, yeah. to do with mature content. I, I think it's more going all out. 
You know, yeah. I, I think that the the uh, the booking was top notch. I think the talent was a hundred percent invested. The fans bought in. The, the entire thing was just it was like lightning in a bottle for me as a fan. And that, yeah. that's exactly what it was. It truly yeah. was. It was, you know, it was one of them right place, right time moments. Yeah. You know, that lasted for you know a good seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah, and it changed the industry as we know it. So. It, you know, it's funny because, again, it's 30 years later, and people people are more interested in talking still about ECW than what's going on in the, the current world of wrestling. It's true. It's true. I remember because through VOC Nation, like, we used to be really close with, like, Joey Styles, for example. Okay. Who was in the office for a while with WWE. Yeah. And he would remark that Vince McMahon couldn't believe in the early days of like the WWE network or like when they released that ECW DVD and stuff, he couldn't believe that content based on ECW was blowing out of the water the stuff that he did. He couldn't believe it. It was probably killing him. Killing I'm sure him. It was. That's why killing he destroyed him. it. That's yeah. why he destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess the zombie is not going to be on your, uh, on your, on your show coming up. I'm guessing. Well, I'm only I I I put out a new episode of uh, React and Chill with Chubby Dudley earlier this evening. Yeah. And I'm only on episode 19 in Eastern Championship Wrestling history, so I have a long way you to go. A while to go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could take a few years. So. And you might lose interest before you get to that uh, TNN stuff or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> I don't think so. My my interest is really peaked anymore, and and yeah. and it's you know what? It's thanks to you know people like you guys and everybody chiming in. I, I'm, like all of a sudden, like I'm having a lot of fun, and I actually, I really have not watched wrestling in 20 years. I fucking mm-hmm. watched Royal Rumble a couple weeks ago. It's like what? God bless you. Yeah. yeah it, God bless and, to, you. And, and to your point, I mean, I I have the Peacock, and it's very rare that I watch really anything that is truly WWF related other than maybe it's the old Madison Square Garden or the older stuff. I find myself watching ECW, the territories, you know, the AWA, because that's that's what I know. That's what I grew up watching, right. you know, and it brings back a lot of memories, just like ECW does. I remember fondly, like we talked earlier, Shane Douglas throwing the the belt down and the birth of ECW and watching it on, um, was it uh, the sports network or whatever it was out of the Philadelphia channel. Yeah. channel 27 on cable um, and watching that. It was on like five or six o'clock in the afternoon. It didn't even have a good yeah. time slot, but yeah, people were two, watching it. Tuesdays at, it was Tuesdays at five or six. Yeah. I think yeah. Five, I think it was five o'clock. Yeah. And who That's watches sad. wrestling on a Tuesday night back then? Nobody, but, People were watching it, and they were tuning in each and every week. Yeah, they were. You know, I can remember, Bay. Uh, I had this friend that grew up around the corner from me, and we loved wrestling. We would get together from, like, primetime wrestling days. Every Monday night, we'd get together, <laughs> and we'd hang out. and It carried through Raw and everything. But I'd never forget when he told me, or he asked me if I happened to catch ECW, if I knew what it was. He's like, they got this other program, and it's on in the middle of the night. And it's amazing because it's real. Mm. They really hit each other with chairs. 
you can tell that they're really pissed off at each other. Those feuds are real. I don't think they're booking it. I think, Bay, that these guys are just going out there and just beating the shit out of each other because they hate each other. That was the perception of us as 12-year-old, 13-year-old boys, whatever we were. Well, you know? well here, here's, here's, here's the evolution, I, and this is the way I've, I've been realizing this even myself lately. Yeah. You know, I broke into the business and I started my training September of 1990. And as I'm training with Larry Winters and then uh, even, well, they were stiff, but mainly Larry Winters. <laughs> it, it was Larry always. Was your trainer? He was my initial trainer. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. But Larry was always like, work smooth, work light, you know, just make it look good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then he then he broke his leg and my trainers became Hot Body and Stetson, and <laughs> you know they you beat got the, shit beat out of they you. They beat the yeah. shit out of us, but especially Stetson, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> Stetson they they would put us in a corner. They'd be like, uh, "Oh, it's Wednesday, uh, it's chop class," and you would have to stay in the corner for two hours while everybody just took turns for two hours chopping you to see if yeah. you could take it. They tried to break you. But we would, um, uh, so, so, you know, when I debuted in 92, 93, 94, I'm out on the indies, you know, you're working smooth. Yeah. Well, now, boom, now it's extreme and ECW is happening. And you went from working smooth to you're talking your match over with people. And I would have to say to people, fucking hit me. Don't worry about it. You're not going to hurt me. Just hit me. I don't care. Make it look good. If it looks like shit and I get booed, I'm going to fucking hit you. So hit me. You know, it's that's what it turned into. You had to yeah, yeah. work very stiff and very tight and lay it in. Especially in Philadelphia. And I, it's something I've said too for 30 plus years. If you can work in Philly and get over in Philly... You can work anywhere. Can work anywhere. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that a million times. I'm sure it's true. <laughs> Philly's the yeah. toughest crowd. Wow. You know, I was reminded you were talking about Tony Stetson. Uh, were you around? Uh, they brought back the TWA. Mm-hmm. And um, were you there for the birthday cake incident with Tony Stetson? I'm pretty sure I was. So it was like they, they did this whole thing where um, – they had this guy that was like training to be a wrestler and he wasn't very good and he was very green and they were going to do this thing. Basically they had a birthday cake in the ring. I don't remember exactly what happened, but Tony was going to come out and smash it in this guy's face. He was talking about this in our interview. Go ahead. (laughs) He still talks about it. You know, it's a, so he, um, he hits the kid in the face with the cake and they go backstage and the kid comes up to him and says, Tony, you know, I respect the hell out of you, but uh, you were a little, a little stiff on the stiff cake. On the cake. <laughs> yes. Stiff on the cake. Yeah. yeah. He didn't last cake. very long. No. 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 How the fuck do you get stiff on a cake? <laughs> I guess he really put it in there. I don't know. <laughs> God forbid if it was a chair. Finnegan flipped his shit when he said that. As you can imagine. Oh my lord! I'm yeah. telling you. The funnier thing is, like you would think of the two, Hot Body would be the one that would be the, right. the and Hot Body was a loose fuse, so you know. Right, right. But Tony, 
Tony would beat the hell out of you and not think twice about it. And knowing now, like what I know about Tony, like when I first met him, he told me I shook his hand too tight. He's like, you got to go. And I know he was messing with me, but I didn't know it then. <laughs> you know, I thought, wow, this guy's really a, I must have a really tight handshake or something, you know? He, uh, he's hilarious. I, I, he's an amazing guy. I, I love him. I, I, all these guys. I love these guys so much, man. It, it's, yeah. We have such a great history and friendship, and I'm so glad they're still here, and we're all still here. Well, you got you guys were my heroes, and you know some of the stuff that you did, the TWA stuff, uh, even the Eastern Championship, the whole thing, you know, just was an amazing period for me as a fan, and and it's something that I'll never forget. So thank you for that. Hey, thank you. Seriously. Yeah, no, it was it was amazing. So, um, babe, before we let you go, could I ask a huge favor of you? Of course. I don't think you're gonna say no. Could you um, record a bumper for us to play on the beginning of the show? Of course. Okay. So the name of the show is in the room. Just tell people who you are. Remind them that they're listening. And uh, we got to get out of here soon, believe it or not. <laughs> this just flew by, man. Yeah, I can't believe it's been two hours already. I know. I know. Hey, everybody. What's up? This is the original ECW original, Bay Ragney, a.k.a. Chubby Dudley, or even... Easy Rider. And you know where you are? You're listening to In the Room. Well, we have to do a whole other show on Easy Rider. I forgot about that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's amazing. Guys. And what, you can tell I, that you've got experience doing this stuff, too. you got, like, the professional uh, radio voice there. I, you know? That's the thing. I, like, I, I know how to do your part and do the interview, and I also yeah. know how to do my part and give the you know, be the guest. Well, you were so easy, I felt like you interviewed yourself tonight. So thank you for that as well. Hey, yeah. Thank you for the platform and allowing me to have some fun. Thank you, babe. Thank You're you. welcome thank back you anytime, man. Love you very much. Love you guys. You're amazing. Hey, I'll be in touch. Kath, be in touch. Find some more people for me. Who else can we dig up? I She's thought you on wanted it. to interview me. Uh, believe me, you're going to get interviewed. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Be good stuff. Looking forward to it, man. All right, Take everybody. Care. Thanks a lot, man. See ya. Well, there you have it. Chubby Dudley, Bay Ragney. Uh, Kathy, thank you for that. I, I mean, I knew it would be good. Um, but that I didn't was, know it would be that good. That was fantastic. That was really good. Yeah, that was fun. That was uh... – thank you, Kathy. No problem. He's a good guy. He, he's a really good guy, and and I've always loved talking to him. I think this is probably the second or third time we've had him on the show now, but um, we went deeper tonight than I think we ever have. So, good stuff. Nope, nothing wrong with going deep, Brady. Good stuff. Well, you know, sometimes when you go deep, you miss the little things, like my <laughs> WrestleMania card. We're going to hold that off for next week. I want Matt to be here for it, and honestly, I I don't feel like you can follow that interview. So, I hope that's okay, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anything else that we got to talk about? Uh, I, I can bring on, let's bring on Tora real quick because she has been waiting a while. What's going on, Tora's Farhead? How you doing? I'm doing okay. Oh, uh, good. Read, okay. read my so comment. Your, read your comment. Where's your comment? You're hiding this stuff on me. Hey, I'm listening now. I just got a call from Dustin and he said he's not calling in for tonight or any day 
So he also said that if you see him at WrestleMania, he is going to punch you in the face. He had heard some bad words. I said last week on to Tuesday, I'm so sorry, Brady. Okay. Well, tell Dustin I said hi. I miss him. Okay, I'll tell him that. Tell he, him he just, I don't understand him at all. So. I think I'm going to see him at WrestleMania anyway. It's okay. Yeah. Something tells me we won't cross paths. Yeah, I don't think that you, you should not. It's not it's not a good thing. In in the words of Marlon Dinkins, keep that energy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went to uh, I said, Monday Night Raw yesterday. I shouldn't have said that. I I apologize. I mm-hmm. promised I'd never talk about him. Go ahead. I went to Monday Night Raw yesterday. My my daughter and her dad went also with his uh, coworker. Okay. They had they had good seats on the first floor. Uh, his coworker touched Becky Lynch's hand. When she was going through the uh, the ring, okay. and uh, we was on on top, all the way up top. So you didn't touch her hand. No. What did you need, like a stick or something, to touch her hand? Because you were pretty far up, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I think I need a stick. <laughs> yeah, I it's okay, but I took I a lot of pictures of. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I took a lot of pictures though. Okay. Okay, it was fun. Great. He had a lot of big crowd there. I, I'm sure it was great. I mean, it looked like a good show. Yeah, it was. And yeah. we left before Cody match, the last match. And um, left before that match. Yeah, we left before that because my oh, daughter father. Cowbell match. <laughs> yeah, uh, my daughter father. He couldn't handle it because it was his first time there, mm-hmm. and he's 75 years old, oh, and his sure. legs were bothering him. Wait, who who's seventy five? Your your daughter's husband or your daughter's father? My daughter's father. My daughter's not married. Oh. Right. No, I understand that. I made a mistake. But like, okay, so your baby daddy is seventy five years old. Yeah. And you're younger than me. <laughs> Good for you, Tora. Yeah, and um, we was roasting yeah, him I'd so love badly. I love we was eighteen year old. You know, I'm just right. Kidding. Just <laughs> we roasted him so badly last night. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I can go ahead and call me old man, whatever." Yeah. You know, I was like, "Poor old man, poor, poor old man." Wait. Did <laughs> you call him ambulance? No, nah, we didn't call the ambulance, but we oh, ended up walking God. to where they parked the car. At. It was like around the corner from the stadium, okay, up the street. Well. Tora, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, they also got a grocery store inside uh, Enterprise Center, too, on the first why floor. Did, why, why did they do that? that I don't know. I, I just know that yesterday. Did you get delivery at your seat? Like, like I'll do ShopRite. They'll deliver to my house. Would they deliver to your seat? Maybe you have a I don't know. I think you're talking about the in-seat runners. They do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I was really Tora, surprised. Yeah. They had like liquor there in the the freezer thing, and then uh-huh. um yeah, and they had to pour the cup. Liquor, I hardly know right her. in front of you. Liquor, I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> Tora, I want you to do me a favor and tell Dustin that I'm sorry that he's upset with me and he should call in. I miss him. Okay, I'm gonna talk right. him out of it. Yeah, tell him not to punch me in the face. Okay. I'm I'm, anyway, I'm like I'll be. I'm like little yeah. Matt. 
You know, you can't mess up the money maker, Brady. He's got to keep the money maker intact. I mean, look right. at this. You know, look <laughs> at this. Mm-hmm. All right, Tora. I love you. Love you too. Talk to you next week. Thanks for enjoying my pictures. Oh, I always enjoy your pictures. Love the Spanish club, by the way. Loving the <laughs> Spanish club. Uh, all right, one more call here, and then I think we're going to get out of here. Hey, Steven, how you doing? No, I'm lying, Liz. Okay. We have a Hoovy here. <laughs> See? I'm glad, um, I'm glad you enjoyed the interview. I couldn't get in all your questions. It was too tough. No, no, I figured. No, I figured you wouldn't. Um, yeah, he was. He was a good guest. Um, I I spent too many. But um, were you working uh, ECWA when Jonathan Gresham was there? Uh, no, no, he he left just before I got there. Okay. I think he was like oh six, wasn't he? Oh six or seven. Early, early 2010s, maybe. Oh, then maybe looking... I was there. Maybe I just didn't know who he was at the time. Because I was looking at his uh, kind yeah, of title history. Yeah, I was in 2010. Yeah. He, yeah, I think he may have faced Kakoa and some other people at that time. Um, I guess I, I guess he did. Yeah, I, I just don't remember him, you know? Um, I probably just didn't make the connection that that's who he was. Did you... Did you... Were you working shows when Jordan Blade was on the cards? Jordan Blade. Yeah. That name sounds familiar. The woman wrestler. Erica's friend, probably. Okay. Yeah. I would imagine I was. Um, the women's division's only been around for like maybe 10 years, 11 years. Okay. So I don't think they really... They would just do one-off women's matches before that. So I would imagine... I don't think Jim Kentner was really into the women. I didn't mean it like that. But <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean and what it sounded like, and you, you interpret that however you want. But no, I, I, um, I, I'm pretty sure that um, the women's division really started under Mike Tartaglia, so that would be like 2013. I think it was 2012. So I don't remember Jordan Blade off the top of my head, though. Uh. Black uh, girl, she um, short hair. She kind of has oh, like she... a shooter style. Yeah, she did the Super Eight like two years ago, didn't she? Probably. I knew I knew that name. Yeah, she did the one that we had at um in Paulsboro. There, we we did a, a Super Eight there. I saw that she did like uh, kind of like uh, an apprenticeship or like some sort of trip with Jonathan Gresham. So I had to ask you if you nice okay. Good. The two of them. Yeah, I just didn't make the connection. I, I, I'm a bad sure. wrestling fan. I've just seen these people them. they leave and I don't hear their name again and then like Right. Like there was you know it was this is this is funny. There was this guy that I interviewed when I first started with PWI. Um he was this German wrestler named Thoroth Marius. Right? He was like in the Midwest. And, and he, like, claimed to have this Viking heritage. And I was like, that's, you know, the, the name is a little stupid. But, like, it just always seemed to me like something that would take off. And, like, after I interviewed him, I never heard from him again. You know, I was like, I would always kind of wonder. Because, like, I mean, I interviewed the Young Bucks. I interviewed Omega. 
I interviewed uh, Davari. There were so many of them that I interviewed, Madison Rain, um, all these different people. And Thor F. Marius always stuck in my head. And I was like, I wonder what happened with that guy. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Thor F. Marius is? I had no idea. Let me see. He was Eric Rowan. He became Eric Rowan. I had no oh. idea Eric oh, Redbeard. Wow. Like I was Eric, like, yeah, I was Eric Red, looking, yeah. I was just looking at his Wikipedia one day and it was like, you know, other names he's performed under, and I saw Thor F. Marius and I couldn't believe it. I was so blown away that I texted him, but his number must have changed because it bounced back. Oh wow. He probably changed it like, right after you interviewed him. He's like, oh shit, he knows that I'm Thor F. Marius. I better change this now. Yeah. Thor F. Marius. Yeah. Cool stuff. Anything else, Steven? We got to get out of here, I think, man. I'm not, you I'm not young like I used to be when you met me. You got like a Louis Foley story? I never met Louis. Actually. When did he die? He died in like 97, right? 97, yeah. 98, maybe? So, yeah, uh, was ECWA the first territory that you worked? Technically, the first territory that I worked was the... Well, so I started going to ECWA shows and helping out, like running. But in terms of just working, it was technically the Revive TWA was the first thing that I worked, doing commentary and managing. And then when Mike Tartaglia bought ECWA, I started getting it. Like before with Kettner, I would mostly just, you know, run, pick up talent at the airport, go get stuff for people. I was doing that kind of stuff. But when Mike Tartaglia took over, it was when I started, like, kind of properly working the shows. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Good I'm stuff. Sure, um, you got to come to I'm Super sure, 8. Uh, yeah, so at some point. Um, and I'm sure Bay will continue to have content with the Dark Side of the Ring still going. And they're coming to Sandman next season. I'm sure. I'm sure. And Kathy is going to be on it, too, for um, Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to be on it for anybody because I am didn't know any of them. No, I probably did. I, I don't remember who's on it, but it's all good. Oh, I told um, Kathy, she better not forget to wear her VOC Nation shirt because Bill Apter forgot to when he was part of it. Question <laughs> for uh, both of you, maybe. Uh Maybe Howard, uh, do you have a favorite Barry Windham match or memory? Wow. Uh, yeah, a lot. But, I mean, it's one that I think I've told on the podcast before. Um, Arn Anderson was talking about it. And I believe it was him and Arn Anderson um, at a show. And, you know, of course, Barry being so much taller than Arn, um, it was a it was a great match, and of course, both of them will always put on a great match. But there came a point in time where I mean, it was reaching eighteen, nineteen minutes, and you could see they were both spent, and they spent probably four or five minutes on their knees fighting, and and it was probably the best four or five minutes of the match because it really just sold how how exhausted they were and how each one of them yeah. just just wanted to to beat the other guy. And, you know, you mm-hmm. were really just – it drew you into 
the match even more. And you can see the, the sweat flying off them and just how they worked it. And I mean, Barry was always a great worker, you know, and so was Arn Anderson, but you know, that, that to me kind of always sticks out. And, and I remember seeing that and like, wow, these, these guys are spent, but they're just not giving up. And I think that embodied kind of both of their careers where they, they just gave it all just like, they was talking tonight. They they left nothing, you know, in the locker room. They left it all out on, in the ring, you know, each and every night that that they came out. And I think Barry was always that way. Yeah, I remember thinking, and, and this isn't a memory so much as um, what I think should have happened was when Ric Flair left the territory to go to WWF, and he took the title with them. Remember, and they did the whole thing with Lex Luger, where like mm-hmm. one of them was going to win the belt. Yeah, I always thought that's the spot that you let Barry Windham run with it and see what he can do. Yeah, we kind of knew what Lex Luger was at that point, and I'm not saying he was bad. He certainly could have won the belt at some point, Um, but I think Barry would have been a great choice to sub in for Ric Flair at that point. Absolutely, and I don't, and and I mean there would have been a drop off, but I feel like Barry had much better potential to kind of get to that place than Lex ever did. And I always thought that was a shame. So I never knew the guy personally. I, I yeah, I didn't him. know him personally. I just yeah. know him from watching him for years and listening to not only his interviews, but other other athletes, other wrestlers talk about him. Yeah, exactly. He seems to be a big influence and obviously, you know, being related to Bray Wyatt um, kind of has my interest. Also, he's coming to my area next month. And as you mentioned, and uh, Jesse Ventura, too, which I'm kind of stoked about. Um, nice. Do you have any favorite uh, Jesse Ventura uh, memories or AWA memories in general? Probably uh, Howard. Jesse Ventura. Why is he going there, too? Yeah, he's going to be there. I, I, be- I, I, yeah, go ahead, Howard. I, I, I like Ventura. I mean, outside of his ring work, I, I thought, you know, him being a commentator, I think, is where he really – kind of excelled at, um, you know, being on, the, you know, because now he's on, now he's on camera almost the entire show um, and giving his commentary, especially from the, you know, from the heel side and yeah. justifying what the heels did or what they, you know, could do, you know, when they were, when they were facing the baby face. And, you know, I always thought that was his niche was on commentary, you know, on the mic, all because the guy could talk. He was a great talker. Um, you know, and I always thought that's kind of where they kind of missed the boat with him in not allowing him to continue, you know, comment. And again, there's, you know, things involved behind the scenes that, you know, that happened. But I really right. thought he had a great career as a commentator. Yeah, no, he, he uh, absolutely did. I Because, I, like, when I really started watching it, it was all Bobby Heenan. Um, and, like, I modeled a lot of what I do after Bobby Heenan. But where I really started to round it out was when I went back and looked at some of the stuff that Jesse Ventura was doing from the time as a wrestler all the way through the commentary until, you know, until he was pretty much done with the industry. Um, he was amazing. And for me, the memory that always comes to mind is when VOC Nation had him on the air probably 10, 11 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, I would have loved to have been that, hear that. I, I, I'll have to send it to you. I, I mean, we have it in the archives somewhere. Okay. Uh, we were doing the terrestrial show at the time. Um, I don't even believe I, because we've done so many, it all runs together. I don't believe I was in the air for that one. I think 
I just gave Bruce Wirt a bunch of notes for like stuff that like, hey, this would be really cool to delve into. But the interview was amazing. It, it aired on AM radio here in Philly with the VOC Nation. And it was basically like about a half an hour of wrestling and about 45 minutes of like politics and uh, conspiracy theories. Which was, uh, <laughs> if you know Jesse Ventura, like yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Like that's... That's right up my alley. I, I, oh, I I'm a, I, I love conspiracy theories. I'm I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of that. It's you know from the Lincoln assassination to Kennedy yeah. to you know all the stuff. Even this did short TV show that he had mm-hmm. um, was you know was just great, and I think he was great for it. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'll have to dig that up. I'll send that to you guys. It, it was amazing. So, uh, anything else, Steve? Because we really do have to get going. No, I agree. His non-wrestling uh, media work, what that was interesting. Uh, no, I'm just glad I can catch some of the, the chubby interview. I kind of listened, I got into it late, and then um, just looking forward to hopefully seeing Barry and Jesse next month. It was kind of, it's gonna, it's gonna be a weird time. Carl Weathers had just passed away because they're both a mm-hmm. competitor, but um, yeah. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing Barry and Jesse next month. And uh, went to a show locally, and Erica Lee uh, and Erica Lee and uh, Jordan were working the show. So some ECWA alumni were was there. So that was fun. Um, and uh, oh, I can catch the interview. And, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, definitely. It was uh, it was great to talk to you. And. Uh... I'm just looking it up, and that uh, I don't think the interview was the entire show, but it was a two-hour, twenty-one-minute thing mm-hmm. where Jesse Ventura was on. So I will definitely send that to you guys. Uh, thanks for the time, Stephen, and uh, thank you, Rat Boy, for calling in. Sorry, I didn't get back to you tonight, buddy, but we're already running twenty minutes over, and I don't want to piss the sponsors off anymore. So uh, this is this is how we're gonna do it, um, Howard. Howard, Howard, yes. Howard. What am I going to do with you? <laughs> well, we will be hopefully tuning back in on Thursday night for WCW Retro. Yes. Um, at 8 o'clock. I'm sure Rat Boy will be there along with Chaz Moretti. And we'll be talking wrestling. Not sure what the topic is. Just kind of keep it open and, you know, allow the listeners to, to drive the format. That's always good when you allow the listeners to drive the format. That's always a good thing. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you to, first of all, thank you to Bay Ragney, Chubby Dudley, for the amazing time. Be sure to check out his stuff, including Chewing the Fat on YouTube. Make sure to check that out. Uh, for me, well, okay, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to the best crew I could ever ask for. Uh, ECWA returned with Super 8. Is this music too loud? I think it's too loud. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like it's drowning you out a little bit. All right, can you hear me now? No, yes, that's better. All right, so let me just go through that again real quick. So so WCW Retro this Thursday, 8 Eastern, VOCNation.com, taking calls. CallVOC.com is how you get in touch with us on any of these shows. Uh, be sure to do it from the incognito browser on your phone, your tablet, or your computer. And, uh, yeah, thank you to ECW Original, Chubby Dudley, Bay Ragney. Be sure to check out all his stuff, including the Chew and the Fat show that's on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, thank you for the time, Bay. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to the best crew I could ever ask for. 
You guys are amazing. I'm going to get to my WrestleMania card next week because I want everybody here for it. And uh, we're going to get into it because I got 16 matches I'm going to be rolling off. And I'm going to fix your... I'm going to fix your quandary. I'm going to do it better than whatever WWE announces this Thursday in Las Vegas. I guarantee you that. So be sure to tune in next week for In the Room. Uh, From my end, ECWA returns with the Super 8 tournament. March 23rd, Morganville, New Jersey. Uh, Avery Jacks, Steve Pena, Greg Spitz, Jarrett Diaz, Drew Hood, Bobby Buffet, Darius Carter, and Travis Blake make up the field and uh i know i keep saying it every week but we're gonna try and get some of these guys on for the show uh things have just been so busy on my end i got a lot of personal stuff going on that we're gonna be getting on into hopefully in the next uh couple weeks but everything's good don't worry everything is grand uh that's gonna do it everybody take care be good to one another love you all very much bye ye It's Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. VOC Nation's own Stroh Maestro suffered a major medical and financial catastrophe this year. From the VOC Nation family, to all of you, please continue to pray for Stroh Maestro for his continued recovery. You can also donate to his cause, paypal.me slash The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. 
VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my... Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <clears throat> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Yeah. Here are exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Actor, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a Did loss. Did didn't have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.